Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice, juice huh? Yeah. Juice is good. Very good. So good. The Cashin' Out Podcast. I'm Scotty Vegas with Anthony Rothman and Moneyline Markin. Oh, my, what a weekend that was. Just incredible. We talked about on this podcast, we said, if you were to take all four road teams on the money line, we mentioned this. We said that it was 33 to 1, and we were about 13 seconds from that parlay hitting. And, Anthony, right after our podcast, Mark actually went and placed that bet. Mark, you put, what, 50, 60 bucks on it? So what what, what was that bet exactly? So I, I put 75 down, and it paid out 27.40. Oh. oh, and please tell me you hedged a little bit on the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I ended up, I ended up netting plus right around 1,000. So I went a hard, a hardcore uh, – hedged on that final game but still you know i did forfeit some winnings um with that outcome and i think i I thought i had it twice (laughs) but you know just one heck of a game all four games were pretty awesome but that last one was just incredible one of a kind now let me tell you guys about the 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 parlay that i hit over the weekend so it was i did a props parlay where it was a six-way feast right so six things had to happen and uh basically it came down to the first five hit it was like uh, i'll tell you what it was it was patrick mahomes passing yards it was josh allen passing yards and rushing yards it was josh allen going over a uh, one and a half um, touchdowns passing. And it all came down to the last thing that I needed was Patrick Mahomes with three touchdown passes. And at the end of regulation, he had two. And at the end of overtime, it hit when I got the third. Unbelievable. Anthony, your thoughts on the weekend in general. Well, first of all, it's good to talk to you guys. It was one of, it was probably the greatest college football, uh, NFL weekend we've ever had. And I hate to say this, but the Kansas City-Buffalo game made the other games feel like they were on the undercard. Yeah. Like, the, the, I, I can't even imagine after watching those three games and then thinking that something would pale in comparison to what we saw with Buffalo and Kansas City. Now, they all ended on a walk-off. That's I, – I can't even – we can't even calculate the odds no. on every one of the games ending on the final play of the game. That makes no sense to me. The other thing is – and Mark should have won this – all in because why is McDermott not squibbing that kick? Yes. Because here's the deal. If he squibs the kick, there's no way the Kansas City can take a chance on returning it. So wherever whoever recovers that is going to take a knee. And presumably it would be a lot worse than the 25-yard line. Now, is there a chance the ball could have gone into the end zone on a squib? Certainly, and they would have had it in the same spot. But I think Kansas City would have had a decision to make and Buffalo would have had more of the field to be able to defend other than those two plays. Now, I'm not going to crush him for it. There was 13 seconds. He probably figured, I'll take my chance. I don't want to take a chance on a return because if they return it to midfield or they return the squib and now they get it to like the 40 or 45, then I'm really in trouble. So I can kind of understand what he did, but I would have forced Kansas City to make a decision 
on whether downing it or trying to get a few yards and then taking a knee. And maybe they would have only gotten one play out of it, not two. The other thing with Harrison Butker, I mean, I was watching the game with my brother, and 49 yards for a guy that has no that's missed that night a couple times. I looked at my brother and I said, he's now due to make it. He's now due to right all of his wrongs. Like that's what a kicker only wants another chance. Just, just give me another chance. And he got it and he made it. You got to give him a lot of credit for it. But I don't know how you guys felt when he lined up for that tying kick to force overtime. But in my heart, I actually thought he would make it. And he did. And then we get to overtime, which we can have a whole nother conversation about that. And I have no horse in the race, really. I mean, I picked Buffalo, you know, in our picks. So I kind of wanted them to win. But, it, but I'm telling you honestly that I feel like that you can now take the best game perhaps that was ever played and use that as a tipping point. I don't think this is very difficult. I think you flip the coin. The, the, the team that wins the toss is probably going to defer so they know what they have to do. And then if the game is tied after each team gets a possession, now sudden death begins, and that's it. So if the team that gets the ball first, they have to decide whether they can get a field goal or a touchdown out of it. If they get a touchdown out of it, then the team that won the toss knows they have to get seven. They'll be in four-down territory all the way. And then if it's tied after that, now we're in sudden death. I just, I just don't understand why the NFL has kind of softened this approach where, okay, It'll only be sudden death if the team that wins the toss scores a touchdown. I know that was better than what they had, where a field goal would win it years ago, but I think it's time, and I, I don't think the dust will settle on this. I do think they'll actually make a move in the next uh, offseason to try to right this. Yeah, I mean, once that coin toss uh, was won by Kansas City, it felt like there was no way Buffalo was going to stop them. Uh, Mark, okay, let's since we're on the uh, overtime topic, what would be the ideal overtime format for you? You know, as crazy as it sounds, I'm kind of a fan of, of the way college does it. It's not perfect, but I like getting both teams and having them both have a chance because, you know, everyone wanted more yesterday, especially of that game. And, and most likely Josh Allen's running right down the field on Kansas City again. I mean, both teams were extremely hot at the end of that game or in the end of overtime and end of regulation. So I would I like the way college does it, honestly, where it just kind of doesn't leave a ton of debate, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think both teams need a shot. I'm not saying they both need to start at the 25-yard line, but I think both teams need an equal equal shot in an overtime. But Yeah, like why eliminate the kickoffs and the returns and the field, and essentially the kickoff? Why, why eliminate the kick almost completely? by mimicking college. Why does the NFL have to mimic college? Why can't they just do it where each team gets a possession and then sudden death begins? Why, yeah. Like why, why do they have to turn themselves into college? I don't, just, I don't think that's necessary. Just guarantee that every team yeah. gets a possession, whether that possession is off the first team punting or if it's yeah. after a, a field goal, the other team gets the ball uh, off, a, off a, a kick, or if it's a touchdown, the other team gets the ball off a kick. And then that actually what it would make teams want to do is um, actually get the ball second rather than get the ball first because then you would know what you need to what? do. That's what I'm saying. Every, yeah. every team that wins the toss would defer automatically so they know what they have to do. Yep. The only yep. difference is is if that second team ties the game, then they're kicking off, and then the next score wins. So winning the toss would be nice to know what you have to do, 
but presumably you'd be the one having to tie the game to kick off to the other team, and then the next score wins. So, But I also think it would be very interesting for the team that has to take the ball first in overtime. Let's say they have a fourth and one at the 21-yard line. Now what do we do? Do we go for it to try to get the seven to be up seven, or do we take the instant three here? And then it would force the other team that gets the ball. Maybe we make a decision. Do we want to tie it in overtime and keep going, or do we want to go for it on a fourth and one so we can win it with a seven-pointer? So I just don't think it has to – say, oh, college has it perfect, let's do that. I mean, the NFL is the NFL. Just give both teams a possession and then sudden death right after that, and I think you'd have the problem fixed. And then I think everyone would be satisfied with it. And I'm, like I was saying, I'm not trying to just be on Buffalo's side here. If Kansas City lost the toss and the same thing happened to them, I'd be fighting for that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I think we just solved it because I think that's the perfect – and I don't think you necessarily need to do this during the regular season – because I know they don't want these long overtimes. Mm-hmm. They want less plays. Correct. This is just something you only do for the playoffs. But Correct. Uh, unfortunate kind of how the, that ended based on a, a coin toss, but hell of a game. What an unbelievable weekend. If you had to rank, um, all, all three of us will do this. If you had to rank uh, as far as entertainment factor, uh, these games, I think we'd all have uh, Kansas City Buffalo at number one. <laughs> but what's number two? Of the of the four games, you 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 go, Anthony. Rank huh. these games in, in in entertainment factor for you, one through four. You know, it's really hard to take your heart out of it. It's like you know, you're you're a little more connected to Cincinnati because where we do the show. So you got to understand. Plus, that's the first game out of the gate. So we think like, okay, that that's a great starter. You went on, you know, Tannehill with the risk of trying to be aggressive, just like the Rams did. By the way, here's the difference between the Rams and Tennessee guys. The Rams had the quarterback to be aggressive in a tie game at the end of regulation. The Titans did not have a quarterback you could trust to be aggressive in that time. And think about this for a second. The Rams are on the road with Brady. They probably, we have to be aggressive. We cannot go to overtime. Tennessee's at home in a tie game. Maybe they take the chance on winning the toss. But Vrabel didn't, and he put the game in Tannehill's hands, and he was very aggressive because if they punt that ball away, you know, Tennessee, then maybe they get to overtime and maybe they win it. So the game Saturday night, I I can't put that. The result for me is fun to think that that San Francisco went in there and won that game and stole it from Green Bay and Garoppolo beat Rodgers. And I think that's that's got some Disney, Disney stuff attached to it. But let's be honest, they don't win that game. You're not convincing me they win that game or sniff a win in that game if they don't block that punt for a touchdown. They're not winning that game. In fact, I was even very, not very confident in Garoppolo's ability to lead them down to, to take the lead in the fourth quarter. But he made those two great throws, and I got to give it to him. So I would rank them as, like you said, certainly Buffalo, Kansas City. The excitement of the, the way the Rams game was going, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't like Tennessee that was kind of like a slugfest and was compelling the whole way. The Rams game was over. Like, that was a lock. They're up two touchdowns with the ball getting ready to kick a field goal. Like, it makes no sense that Akers would fumble at the end of that game and get stripped. Like, that's the last thing you can do. And so, I guess I'll rank the Rams game second based on the drama at the end and who it was with with Brady. Then I'd go Cincinnati. Then I'd go Green Bay-San Fran. Where are you, Mark? I have the exact same list. Um 
the second game is the one that, uh, for a little bit different reason, just because Tom Brady, you're like, oh, my God, here we go again. Tom Brady with the ball again to tie this game up. So, to me, the Tom Brady effect is why. It's, I agree with Anthony. The game itself wasn't that exciting, but the end and the fumble and, you know, I'm like, this dude definitely has sold his soul to the devil yeah. isn't Tom Brady. <laughs> Just keep having these chances. But no, I agree with his list totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with I'm with you guys. Same probably same order on all four. And you know, the fact that uh the Rams four turnovers against Tom Brady and they still are able to win the game on the road. Unbelievable. That, I mean, you guys are right for three, almost three and a half quarters. It wasn't that exciting of a football game, but the end was incredible. All right. We are set up now with the championship games. We know the, we know the lines. Uh, the Bengals are a seven point dog mm-hmm. at the chiefs. The 49ers are a three and a half point dog at the Rams. I'll tell you my initial feeling. My initial feeling is I would be shocked if we don't have a Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. Chiefs versus the Rams Super Bowl, that's my initial th- my mm-hmm. my initial thought. I would actually be willing to give the points in both games. Uh, am I crazy, Anthony? No, you're not. It was my instant feeling the second the Buffalo game ended with Kansas City. I looked at my brother and I said, "It's hard for me to imagine Kansas City not playing the Rams." It doesn't mean that can- that uh, Cincinnati doesn't have a puncher's chance, but listen, they just beat Kansas City at their place. Now they got to go to Arrowhead. So it's, there's, it's, you can't even sell to Cincinnati that we can play the underdog role high, even though they are a big, they're a touchdown underdog. But, but the psychology of it, if you know what I mean, guys, that they're a seven-point dog and they just beat this team not long ago. That kind of works counterintuitive yeah. to, to an underdog. Um, and Kansas City, you know, has the, the all-time tiebreaker in Patrick Mahomes. Now Joe Burrow. That guy has never met a game that he's been intimidated by. I'm sure he thinks he can go in there and sling that around. We'll see. Um, Rams and San Fran for a third time. Like, you can't see the Rams blowing another lead. Like, although they almost blew the lead against Tampa, and they did blow the lead right against San Fran the last time they played. So uh, maybe in their minds it's never over till it's over, but I am totally with you. It feels like the underdogs have fi- are finally going to turn into a pumpkin here. And I would I would think that you you'd have a great Super Bowl with, you know, an all around Rams team with Stafford trying to right every wrong that he's ever had, and then Kansas City, a team that's been there, having to go into the Rams home stadium to win a Super Bowl. And here how about this? We could have back to back years after never having a team play a Super Bowl in their hometown home stadium, you could have it twice. Pretty likely. Yeah, pretty likely. I agree with you, Scott. Mark? I think San Francisco has a chance. Um, obviously, Jimmy G didn't look very good, um, but I, I think they have, do have a chance. They just the personnel they use and just Shanahan. You can never count count that guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've been betting against the Bengals, especially this weekend. And man, they proved me wrong. So I think anything could happen. I think to, to your guys' point, most likely it'll be Rams, uh, Chiefs. But at the same time, I didn't expect all four. Underdog money line yeah. teams to basically pull it off, with the exception of that last game, either. So at this point, I I really have no idea. And it <laughs> and it's funny that we're 
pretty confident that it's the Rams when the 49ers won both regular season meetings and have won six in a row head to head in this series. I mean, they've, the, the 49ers have beat the Rams six straight times. The Rams were a three and a half point favorite. They lost 31 to 10 in San Francisco. And then, and that was week 10. And then they were a three point favorite and uh, lost 27, 24 in overtime in week 18. So, and they were up in that game big, right? Yeah. Seven to three. Yeah. So, I mean, just a wild, (laughs) it's it's funny to say that we're, we're, we're thinking that it's definitely the Rams when they've lost six straight times to the 49ers. How are they going to beat them three straight times though? And I know you have, like you said, you have the history and Mark, I'll get your opinion on this. Like, Maybe there is some mental edge for San Fran saying we own you, kind of like San Fran has owned Green Bay and Rodgers. And I think it's time for all three of us, especially me, to admit that Lambeau might be the most overrated home field playoff advantage in sports. Ooh, wow. Like every time I think of Lambeau, I think of, well, nobody's going there to win, especially in a, a California team or a – or a guy that's never played in under 40 degrees. We were selling that with Garoppolo, and, and Garoppolo was bad until he wasn't. One quarterback answered the bell in that game, and it was Jimmy G, not Aaron Rodgers. And I, I think Green Bay, they think, hey, we get him in Lambeau, frozen tundra. You guys, how cool was that when the snow started to fall in the oh, second half? Awesome. You're thinking, how is San Fran going to win this game? And they block a punt for a touchdown. They block a field goal right before half. Uh, Rodgers gets a lot of pressure on him, and – and here's Jimmy G on a final drive. And the most important thing, that they didn't leave Rodgers one second to try to come back and have a miracle. But you guys tell me, you look at, you look at the record at Lambeau in playoff games lately and look at what San Fran's done to Rodgers lately, and you tell me that Lambeau is some sort of lock. Because if, you, if the three of us ranked home field advantages before the, the weekend, I think all three of us would have put Lambeau number one. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. All right, let's look at some of these Super Bowl matchups now, odds wise. So the there's four different possibilities for there to be the Super Bowl. We talked about how we think it'll be the Chiefs Rams. Well, if you think that, then you can get that at even money right now. So Chiefs and Rams both to win and meet in the Super Bowl. That's even money. The Chiefs 49ers is plus two twenty five. The Bengals Rams is plus 450 and the Bengals 49ers are eight to one. And I think that we talked about this on Friday about what would be the dream Super Bowl matchup. And I think Mark, you said Bengals 49ers. Well, it is now <laughs> eight to one to happen. All in I'm putting all my money on it. <laughs> Put well, my house up everything. <laughs> More likely that happens than the 33 to one uh, money line parlay of upsets that almost and should have come through. I would love to see the Bengals get there. And I think, you know what, you can't count Joey B out. So I, you just never know. I mean, I think they have a shot. So the money line number on the Bengals in this game is plus 270. Anthony, if you had to put a percentage chance that the Bengals go to Kansas city and win. What would you put it at? I've got my number in my head, Mark, get your number in your head. Um, what do you think percentage wise chance Bengals win at Kansas city? Uh, I probably have it about 35%. Wow. That's, that's higher than I thought. What do you got? Mark? Maybe I was going to say 30, but then I thought, 
Well, with Burrow and his weapons and the fact that they are running hot and Kansas City is coming off an incredible overtime game, emotional game, will they be able to come down and get up right away? Or I mean, that that's the only thing that I would fear a little bit for Kansas City and that that felt like an AFC title game and it wasn't. And they played the last game on Sunday, even though they are playing this game at home. They'll have a week, but... Uh, that's why I kind of – I'd probably put it right around 70-30. Mark, where are you? I, I'm a little higher than him. I'd put it at 40%. I, Jamar Chase is an absolute game wrecker, and Burrow is just a heck of a quarterback. I, I think anything's possible. To his question earlier about the toughest place to play, I think Arrowhead definitely probably has surpassed you know, Green Bay, especially after this past weekend. But anyway – um, I, I would definitely say 40% for the Bengals. Wow, you guys are way higher than me. I'm at 20%. I just Ooh. I just don't see a way that Cincinnati goes in there and and outscores them. I, I just I don't. And I know we saw the Bengals beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago. I yeah. think you can throw that out, though. I just I would be shocked. That would be that, a result yeah. that would shock me. Let me so. ask you guys this. Do you believe like – and this is a really philosophical question, really tough to answer. Do you believe that the Bengals beating Kansas City a couple weeks ago helps them or hurts them? Mm. I guess I would say it might help them in the fact that they're like, okay, we can do this. And, and if you remember in that game, the Chiefs got up big early. I think they I think the Bengals were down two touchdowns. But I will say, thinking back to that game, the Bengals had so yeah. many breaks go their way in that game. So it was twenty eight to fourteen Kansas City um in the second quarter. It was twenty eight seventeen. They were up eleven at half. But they were up two touchdowns early in that game. And it and- was a weird game too. It's a very it ended weird. It was there wasn't there a controversial play at the end too. Yeah. Yeah, they were at the one-yard line, and it was like, do you score? And You know, it's funny thinking back about this because they decided to waste as much time as they could at the one-yard line so Mahomes wouldn't have any time to get the ball back, which now, after what we saw with 13 seconds left, was actually a brilliant move by Zach Taylor to to score with (laughs) zero seconds on the clock. Yeah, I didn't think about it then. I thought it was really stupid for going for it, especially after. after, I know. I did, too, at the time. He got other chances to write himself. But, you know, I know, Scott, you just said, you you know, you don't think they can score them. I mean, they did score 34 that night or that day. So it wasn't like – and Mixon only had 46 yards. So, you know, Burrow threw for 446 and four touchdowns. Now, they only won by three, and Burrow threw for 446 and four touchdowns. So, you know, if there can be a little more balance with the running game by Cincinnati um, – I kind of like my percentage. I do. Going back to that game, I do, though, remember uh, after that game was over thinking, boy, they got a lot of calls. There were a lot of pass interference, defensive pass interference calls. There was, I thought, a lot of breaks in that game that helped them. Um, But yet you're right. They won the game. They won the game. And to answer your original question, I do think it does help them that they that they've done it. They did win that. Uh, What do you think, Mark? I think it, it's kind of weird. I, I think it hurts them and helps them for different reasons. Um, like psychologically for Burrow, even though he's an underdog, you know, in Vegas, I think 
he's not really since they already beat him maybe some of that plays into you know I don't want to get too deep on everyone but I think psychologically for him he's a blue collar guy um he loves being the underdog the fact that he's already beat him might be somewhere in his head I think he is at his best and most dangerous when all the chips are against him and his back's against the wall and he gets to go out there and prove people wrong um and, and although from a Vegas perspective he'll be able to do that I think that win could play a little bit of a role psychologically that way in a negative way for him since they did win. The difference for me, Scotty, I'll get your opinion on this, and I agree with Mark that he is an underdog and he is going up against Mahomes, which makes him an instant underdog. But the perception of Joe Burrow is not someone that people doubt. If anything, it's the opposite. So he really doesn't have this, well, he's never going to beat Mahomes' perception. Like – like Garoppolo had facing Rodgers. I mean, people doubted that Jimmy Garoppolo could not only play well, but not screw it up for San Fran at Lambeau. I think with the perception of Burrow is that if you have Burrow, you have a chance. Like, I think actually people think that highly of him. Agree. Now. Agree, 100%. Okay, one last thing here on uh, on this weekend's games. Um Basically, we're so we're looking at a seven-point underdog and a three-and-a-half-point underdog. If you guys were to place one futures bet now, and I give you the Chiefs or the field, would you take the Chiefs or would you take the field on winning the Super Bowl? You'd have the favorite twice as long as they win, correct? Don't you guys agree that Kansas City will be a favorite over the Rams in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think they'd probably yeah. be about a three-point favorite. Problem is you'd be at their place. Yeah, I think at this point I would do that. I, I don't – I mean, you're giving me a seven-point favorite at home this weekend, so the path is what it is. You know, a toss-up in the Super Bowl. So basically what you're asking me is would I rather have Kansas City or the Rams in the Super Bowl? Because if it's San Francisco, then I'll be really happy that I have Kansas City. Yep. So, yeah, I would take Kansas City over the field right now. I would. Mark? Yeah, I, th- I think I would, too. I mean, the only one that I think it would have a chance would be Rams and then obviously home field advantage you mentioned. But I just don't – you know, overall, I, I think favorite twice, yeah, I would take the Chiefs, too. Yeah. What, and, are, what are their odds, guys? And the interesting thing is you're actually getting plus money on the Chiefs to win it all. They are plus 125 to win it all. So – uh, the Rams are two to one. The Bengals are nine to one. The 49ers, I'm surprised, they're four to one. So uh, right now, that would say you would take the field because you're getting plus money on the Chiefs. Like the the favorite would be the field over the Chiefs. So kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So what an unbelievable day. We <laughs> won a little bit of money. We had some heartbreak. Uh, but what a weekend. We will next Monday be coming back here on Cashing Out and previewing the Super Bowl. So can't wait for that. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the most unbelievable weekend in NFL history. Would you agree with that, guys? Most unbelievable yeah. weekend? Yeah. I cannot I remember. It's And we're not even adding up. the. I mean, the dramatic parts of these games are amazing, but the fact that that game – the track meet that happened at the end of Buffalo, Kansas City. Like, I don't even care how the other games ended. And I could almost say this was the best weekend based on that game. Yeah. The fact that they all ended on a walk-off. 
Like, I can't even imagine. Like, if you, if the four of us would have discussed that, what are the chances of every game, four for four, ending on the final play of the game? I don't even know what odds, what prop oh. you could have put on that. Oh, gosh. It, it'd be astronomical. It'd be it'd be a thousand to one. A thousand to one, right. I can't even imagine. On the last play, like, so it. there have been great games over the years. There have been great title games. But I've never seen one four for four like this. Yep, absolutely. I can't remember. Unbelievable. All right, we're going to do it again next Monday on Cashing Out.